1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits, and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. Today I have the crossover you never knew you needed Or maybe you did know you needed it because when I talked about this episode on Instagram, a lot of people were very excited. So I'm talking to Enty Lawyer. He is the self proclaimed entertainment lawyer. And I only say that because he is anonymous. Nobody really knows who he is. He's the blogger and podcaster behind the famous celeb gossip site, Crazy Days and Nights. He's been called the king of blinds, blind items, that is, by Vanity Fair and the Daily Beast. He's been doing this since way before people like Dumois. He's been doing it since I believe 2006. And he seems to have all the info on what's really going on in Hollywood. So I had so much fun talking to him. And I know you guys will find this fascinating. We cover a lot. We cover current scandals and trials. We talk a lot about staged PR relationships and who is real versus who might be fake. He gives his thoughts on Kim and Pete, Ben and JLo, Olivia and Harry, and more. We also talk about how Hollywood manipulates the public's perception of things. We go deep into the Kardashian machine. We talk about Kim's sex tape, Kris Jenner, Kim and Kanye, and tons of juice in between. So, if you're into this, make sure you're following him on TikTok. It's such a rabbit hole. He also has a Patreon, and of course, his website is Crazy Days and Nights. And I really enjoyed talking to him. He's my new friend, and I think you guys will enjoy it too. I can't believe I'm actually talking to you because I think I told you this, but I read Crazy Days and Nights like way back in the beginning. And when I saw you on TikTok, I was like, "No way. <laughs> happy to see that you're still around doing what you do. <laughs> so to start out, maybe you can just tell everybody a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, well I am. I am an actual entertainment lawyer. And one day at work, I was bored and I had been reading and I don't even know if you maybe remember her but Corey Kennedy, do you remember her? You probably yes, do. Cobra yeah. Snake Yes, exactly. I'm so glad that you remember Cobra Snake and they were everywhere, right? But Corey was the there it girl. And a friend of mine, and she she had a blog, and I was reading it one day, and I said, you know, I could do this. And so I, and then I actually wrote like something, and then I I actually used Corey's blog as kind of my jumping off point because I would go into her comments and say, oh, by the way, you guys, you should read this, and that's how it started, and it just kind of took off from there.
0: How have you kept your identity hidden all this time?
1: I think that just because I don't, I don't care about fame and I don't care about being thirsty. I don't go too far. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, if you look at people who have been doing it a long time, it, it, let's say Lainey, because she and I started about the same time. Mm-hmm. And then she was, oh, you know, I want to do talk and I want to have a show and I want to do all this kind of stuff. I want to move beyond the blog or even Perez or something, you know, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, I, I just, I never really cared about that. I'm happy just to to sit down and and write a little bit here and there during the day. And, you know, had the podcast now for about three and a half years. And, you know, if I have something to say on a podcast, then, then I'll do that. And more often than not, I do have something to say. So. <laughs>
0: I read somewhere that there were maybe like 20 or so people though who actually knew your identity. Is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean that that's true. I would say that there's about 20 because
0: So how are those people not telling other people? Like I just don't understand how that how you can keep it secret like my, that.
1: They're my friends. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, okay. I guess, you know, so I mean <laughs> that's why. And I will say this that I used to be there's, I'll, I'll give an example. So there's this guy named Mark Ebner. He has written a bunch of articles. He's a reporter. He wrote a book about Paris Hilton and he and I know each other and, 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 we have met. And there was one time this reporter who we have a mutual friend, she was writing an article about me for the daily beast. And she reached out to him and said, Oh, do you know, and or whatever he goes, I've met him, but honestly, I, I don't even remember what he looks like. You know, and because we both did a project together, but he couldn't remember because it was so long ago because I've been doing this for a while,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So I think that probably the reason is just that they're my friends and that's just not what they care about doing.
0: So can you and I be friends? I won't tell anybody who you are. <laughs> I promise.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. as like I was trying to think of, yeah, and of course we can be friends and, <laughs> and the, well, I know that your husband knows somebody really well that actually knows who I am. And
0: was it uh, Howard?
1: No, no, it's somebody else. Okay. But anyway, yeah. And I kind of, the reason that, you know, you and I are doing this, I think that the reason you asked me is because I did talk about (laughs) Ariel on on Fluently Forward and Ariel like right after goes, somebody sent me this thing on Fluently (laughs) Forward or whatever. And I was just, and I felt when I was talking to Shannon about it, at the same time I was talking about it, I was trying to say at the same time, but Ariel is different. It was just because she's been through so many things and been honest about so many things. And and it was, I don't know, it just came out wrong when I was talking to Shannon about it.
0: I didn't think it sounded bad. And that was going to be the next thing mm-hmm. that I was going to bring up because a lot of people also asked if we actually knew each other, if you ever wrote anything about me, which I'm not, I don't think I'm important enough to warrant a blind from you, but I did hear the podcast, a bunch of people sent it to me and I didn't think it was bad. So I sent you a message after and I was like, Enti. What the hell?
1: <laughs> but and then you, you and then you forgave me. Yes, and, I
0: forgave you immediately because you did say you liked me, and <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't think what you said was bad. I understood the points that you were saying. So, if you want to summarize it here for the listeners, maybe so that they know what we're talking about.
1: So, Shannon, whom I'm talking about, is the fluently forward podcast, and we were talking about that. What I was trying to to talk about was people who this give this false sense of what life is like when they are just showing Instagram, they're just showing the best parts of their life. And it's not necessarily reality. And and I was thinking about you at that time, but at the same time, as I'm talking about you, I'm realizing, but Ariel's done this and this. And one of the things that, and I tried to, to make that point with Shannon at the same time I'm talking about you is that, you know, she's overcome a lot. So I give her a break on that. She She's very honest about everything that she's been through and all the procedures that she's done and all this and all this and all this. But it just—I sometimes think that people think that Instagram is the way their life should be, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's just a, a point in time, and especially with all the filters and everything like that, it's just—you—you it, you can make anything look spectacular. And I think what you talk about a lot is the—the the same kind of thing that you thought originally when you started working out and stuff after you'd overcome addiction—that you were going to it was all about abs or something like that. And so Mm -hmm. you started not eating and doing and all these kind of things because that's what you thought it was from all Mm -hmm. the pictures and everything. But as you went through your journey, you learned, okay, well, it's not necessarily about that. I don't know. So the things that you Mm -hmm. say are very important. I was just uh, pointing out because your pictures are all perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Every single one. The, -hmm. the there's, and it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't want people to think that Instagram is life.
0: Yes. And I talk about this a lot on my podcast too. And this is kind of like a recovery thing or a recovery saying that we so often compare our insides to other people's outsides. So somebody else is seeing my Instagram page and making an assessment or a judgment about my life and my probably happiness and all of that based on a picture. And it's just not a fair comparison because we are getting, you know, A highly curated, even when people say it's not, it still is. You're still choosing, you know, whatever it is that you want to put out there. You're still curating it no matter what. And yeah, it's not, it's not reality. And I've been talking about it a lot lately. I've been going through a lot of hard things. And it's very weird to then have to like show up on social media and act like everything is cool and do like ads and you know whatever stuff like that so very much not reality and I understood what you were saying so you are forgiven still (laughs) anyway now that that's off the table I actually had a question for you okay I am so excited to partner with Way because I have been using their products for years and I seriously love every single one of them. I feel like especially with warmer weather coming up, our hair can get frizzy and dried out and unmanageable and a bad hair day can really put a damper on your whole vibe, right? So to combat this, my go-to is the leave-in conditioner. It is absolutely incredible. It detangles, it hydrates, and it fights frizz for all hair types, and it protects from heat up to 450 degrees. This is my big problem. I try not to, but I still use heat on my hair whenever I wash it. And I really couldn't find anything that really protected it, and so I would always get breakage. But this leave-in conditioner literally changed the game for me. Also, it smells so insanely good. It's color safe, and it's also cruelty-free, which we love. So you definitely have to check it out. No matter what your hair concerns and your hair type are, this does it all. And I also just have to mention the shampoo and conditioners are also amazing. The scalp and body scrub is like my favorite thing ever. And the hair oil also makes my hair super silky. I've been using that one forever Two. So you can discover a new way of life with the leave-in conditioner from Way. Just go to the Way.com and use the code blonde to get 15% off your entire purchase. Again, that's 15% off your entire order at the Way.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and the code is blonde. We can all benefit from a daily multivitamin and my absolute favorite is Ritual. I've been taking this for such a long time now. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women Ages 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university led clinical trial to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. And the results were that the multivitamin was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega 3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. So I absolutely love them. I know that between my diet and Ritual filling in any nutritional gaps, I'm getting absolutely everything I need. And also, aside from the exhaustive research and thoughtfulness that goes into the ingredients of Ritual Vitamins, I love the minty fresh flavor and the time release so I don't get an upset stomach that I get with other supplements. I'm sure you guys know the feeling. So if you're looking for a daily multivitamin, look no further. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your food first three months, all you have to do is visit ritual.com slash blonde and turn healthy habits into a ritual. Again, that's 10% off at ritual.com slash blonde. I was just curious, what is the story, if there is one, or a blind or whatever, that you have gotten the most heat for?
1: The most heat for? As in, God, that's awful? Or I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot over the years that have been super popular. And there's been a lot of people talking about it. I don't know. I've had, I mean, the the very first one that really kind of took off was three weeks after I started the blog. And I I don't think that if I had had that success, if I hadn't had that, I I don't know if I would have continued writing every single day. But that was one about Jennifer Lopez lip syncing. And it just it kind of took off. So, I mean, I I guess I would owe the the history of the site and the length of the site and the popularity of the site to that one blind so long ago. And now it seems crazy because of the fact that everybody lip syncs and everybody brings in different singers and stuff to sing different parts of songs that they can't get or the auto tuning and stuff. But at the time it was kind of a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten pushback from people like within the industry who do know who you are for something that you've published or talked about
1: from actual people that I know? No, no. I Well, I'll take that back. There is somebody who is a friend. In fact, the friend that I was mentioning earlier, that also knows your, your husband very well. And he is friends with Somebody who who took offense to something that I had not to something I had written, but I didn't change it. I just kind of said, "Okay, understood. I'll I'll tone it down a little bit because I've written a lot about that person," and Mm -hmm. so I toned it down a little bit just out of respect for you know my friend. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is I try not to have too many people who know because then you can't be honest about what you're writing. Because there's no way after our conversation that I would ever write a blind about you, ever. And I haven't. Mm-hmm. And it just, and that makes it harder. You know, right. not because let's say, oh, I found out Ariel's doing something, cheating on her husband or something. I wouldn't write about it because, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't do you wrong like that. And so that, that makes it a little bit more difficult, which is why I try and keep that number extremely low.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I can understand that. Okay. I'm going to ask you a, another kind of personal question now. Have you received blinds about my husband?
1: No, I don't think so. Because, you know, he he got sober quite a while ago. So mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, it's not like an Aaron Sorkin thing where he kind of goes back and forth and back and forth kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So no,
1: I haven't. And And I've been to... I'm trying to think if there was ever anything when... Grace under fire was going on <laughs> but that would have been long before you know the blog or anything so i probably i don't think of that i've ever written anything about him i've obviously mm-hmm. written about you know people that have been on his shows and stuff and yeah. i probably went to two and a half men 15 or 16 times over the years Really? Yeah.
0: Oh that's so funny.
1: Yeah. I Any can't remember the it,
0: there was a <laughs> i can't remember if it was on your site i think it was a long time ago about I think I was either a showrunner or a producer. I can't remember how it was phrased. Who got super angry about the air conditioning on the stage and would like berate people and get just so upset about air conditioning being on on the stage. And it was a pretty like benign blind as far as they go. But I was like, oh, that's for sure, Chuck.
1: It could have been. <laughs> I don't. You know, things like that. The the smaller blinds where they mm-hmm. have like fifteen of them a day. It, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if I did
0: slip through the cracks a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's not really anything bad about anything. You know, that's, no. that's, that's just, you know, somebody having a bad day at work, but it doesn't, <laughs> that's not like, you know, doing lines or something like that. You know, it's...
0: <laughs> I guess when you get sober, like there's a lot less material to <laughs> cover when it comes to blind items.
1: 100%. And, uh, you know, the only time that, you know, if if somebody slipped or something and... One of the things is that I'm very, and I've talked about it on my podcast a lot. I don't talk about it so much when I'm writing because it's harder to get out. But I don't talk about anything that anybody ever says in recovery or in meetings. You know, Mm -hmm. people will tell me stuff that's said in meetings and I will never, ever repeat it or write about it or anything like that because I think it's just totally wrong and I think it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, and I just, that's one of my hard no's. And I've talked about that before. So just, I said, just, I would never, ever do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and so if, let's say that somebody was in a meeting and they said, oh, I've been sober for 20 years or something. And then they said that they slipped. I would never write about it. Now, if they're out and about and I, they get caught doing it, that's a totally different thing. So, but yeah, it's one of my hard, because I, it's so hard to, <clears throat> you know, look how many, how many times did you go to rehab? Five times. Look how hard it is to get sober. Yeah. So why on earth, if you're making the effort and going to a meeting or something, mm-hmm. you know, why on earth would I ever try and do something to damage your recovery or mm-hmm. to slow it down or something? And I just, I, maybe it's because I do know so many people. Obviously, it's LA. I mean, there's a lot of people use, but there's a lot of people in recovery.
0: Yeah. And
1: and I am 100% their biggest supporters.
0: Hmm. Well, that's appreciated. Yeah. The recovery community in LA is huge. And you know, you you see all of these people at meetings and stuff and speaking, and you hear like the the <laughs> nitty-gritty of their lives. So it would be easy, it would seem, for that to end up on the internet somewhere, but it seems like most people kind of have that boundary, which is nice.
1: Yeah. Just it's not something I would do. So Yeah.
0: Okay. So Let's talk about some big stories right now. I think the biggest one when I had people send in topics, obviously, is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, which I have to admit I haven't really been following very closely, but maybe you can kind of break it down for everybody and tell them like what you know, if anything.
1: Well, it's okay that you're not watching it. I think that's good (laughs) because honestly, the I I feel as people are just glued to the TV. And we've already had this trial before. We had this trial. In the, in the UK because Johnny Depp sued the son because they called him a wife beater. And so he sued them. And as part of that process, Amber Heard had to give testimony. And so basically we've, we've already had the, the run through on this. I've, I've likened it to, we had the table read because nothing was televised and now we're actually you know in front of an audience. And that's what it is. So basically Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for defamation She wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post, but it was a blind item. She didn't actually name him. But, you know, everybody says it's pretty obvious. So he's suing her for defamation. And the fact of the matter is, is that while Amber and Johnny are both equally horrible, Johnny cannot win this case because of the fact of the way that libel laws are structured. (laughs) Amber's got a very low bar, you know, Uh, so there's no way he can win. What he's doing at this point is just sabotaging both of their careers. In order to win a case for defamation against a public figure, Johnny had to suffer some kind of damages. Well, okay, she wrote the op-ed and he was fired from Pirates of the Caribbean. There's your damages. Look how much money he was making for each one of those. However, he got Fantastic Beasts at the same salary. So there are no damages. He can't say, oh, I got fired and so there's damages. So Fantastic Beasts. So, but then he sues the son in the UK, loses. And as soon as he loses, he's fired from Fantastic Beasts. That's of his own making. So, all this is showing is that it's just to just have this played out in front of us. It, it, you know, would anybody want to hire Johnny again? Probably mm-hmm. not. Does DC, are they wishing that they didn't have Amber and they're going to have to send her out on a promotional tour? You know, how? Well, that's not a good look. You know, yes, she she was hit, but she the therapist that that testified said that Amber was gleeful every time she got to initiate physical violence against Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. and that she bragged about it. So, if that was a guy bragging about hitting a woman, we'd be aghast. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's I I just I I think it's self-destructive behavior on both of their parts, mm-hmm. and this should. I I don't understand why it's continuing to go on.
0: So it's kind of more about like the court of public opinion, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I think that Johnny has said that he was just doing it to not necessarily to get back, but just to fight back, I think, were his words. But all it's doing is just destroying both of their careers. But maybe that's what he wants at this point. Scorched earth. If I can't work, she's not going to work.
0: Do you think that there will ever be work for them in the future after this?
1: Yeah because it's hollywood right i mean kevin space getting work <laughs> is just, he <laughs> yeah he is he's in a, he's in a movie and think about you know something that's close to your home charlie sheen should, should he get work you know he still gets work i don't think he's really trying but I, you know he got work after that's for sure he got paid a whack ton of money for that awful show so
0: and then subsequently spent it all Yes. On gambling. I mean, I can't remember the number and I probably shouldn't say it on this podcast, but like astonishing amounts yes. of money just yeah. gone. I think that whole situation is really sad.
1: It is. And just his whole life. And then I worry about and I have no knowledge about what's going on in this house with his with his eldest daughter. But she was happy to drop out of high school and go live with her dad just because her mom had rules. Mm hmm. You know, and it's one, you know, that's something that's very common in in broken homes. But is that where you want to go? Right. And what about his what about his two sons that he had with Brooke? We never hear about them. The only thing that we ever know is that Denise said that one of them definitely has some issues because of the fact that Brooke Mueller, you know, did drugs and stuff while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But we never hear anything more about them. And we never hear about Charlie. He's never saying, oh, I saw my kids and I'm taking care of them, like the, the sons or whatever. It's always just about the the oldest daughter. And that's mm-hmm. not even his oldest daughter. I mean, his eldest with Denise.
0: Yeah, that's great. I really haven't kept up with that at all. And I know that, you well, know, you uh, t- <laughs> I
1: was
0: going to say it was a really traumatic thing, I think, for Chuck to go through also. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's such a private person, like so intensely private. And that made him, obviously, I wasn't with him at that time, but it made him even more intensely private because he felt like he was violated.
1: Yeah, you know, for sure. Time. Let me ask you this. the You know, you're a big fan of journaling, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you still do it every day. But do you think with Chuck and his title cards that it's the same kind of thing, like journaling?
0: I always tell Chuck that he is like the OG blogger.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs)
0: Because he, yeah. I mean, I can't remember how long he's been doing those vanity cards for forever. Like probably longer than as long as I've been alive. And yeah. And, and he's so funny because he has no social media, you know, he stays off the internet. He like doesn't know anything about any of this. And I'm like, no, no, you, you are a blogger. That's what you are. That's what you do.
1: (laughs) very much so because he's just telling his thoughts and things but mm-hmm. i just it's but i was thinking myself I was like you journal and he does those it's kind of the same thing it's just in a different way
0: mhm a little bit yeah i mean it's kind of similar to i would maybe compare it more to like an instagram post where i do like a long kind of personal yeah. caption more so than journaling yeah It's that time of year when we're probably all doing a little spring cleaning and obviously having a clean decluttered space can be important, but what about our mental space? I think so often we tend to focus on our environment and external things and ignore ourselves and our mental health, which is a massive oversight. And honestly, when we're feeling overwhelmed or dealing with uncomfortable emotions and circumstances, it's definitely natural to wanna distract rather than deal with it head on. But in doing so, these uncomfortable feelings build up and we lose clarity and perspective, which can negatively impact our circumstances. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. This is where therapy is such a powerful tool and Talkspace is in a league of their own when it comes to therapy because you can message your therapist at any time rather than let everything build up. Talkspace takes some of the pressure off that first step. It's a more flexible, convenient, and affordable way to get high quality care. And once you match with one of their licensed therapists, you can message them anytime through the app or schedule a live session if you need some FaceTime. They have thousands of therapists across dozens of specialties. And once you match with your therapist, you can message them anytime, anywhere. Talkspace is private, secure, and most importantly, accessible. Basically, it's everything you love about therapy without the stuff that gets in the way. So if thoughts and emotions are piling up, a fresh perspective can help you feel better. You can match with your dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use the promo code BLONDE during sign up to get $100 off your first month. Again, that's $100 off your first month at Talkspace.com and the promo code is BLONDE. It is Small Business Week, so let's talk for a second about some of the advantages that big businesses have over the little guy. They have more access to funding on top of getting better rates and other privileges reserved for the top dogs. And if you run an e-commerce business, you probably feel like it's about time people stopped treating e-commerce giants better just because they're bigger and you are absolutely right. So that is why ShipStation gives e-commerce sellers of all sizes access to the same deeply discounted rates, usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. It's no wonder ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 sellers. And if you are terrified of dealing with international shipping, you don't have to be. ShipStation makes it a breeze to ship anywhere around the world. So you can scale away and ShipStation can handle it. ShipStation works with over 45 carriers, so you can easily compare rates and delivery times to quickly find the best option every time. And it works with over 300 platforms like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more to automate processes like fulfillment and tracking so you can save time managing orders. And you can save money while making shipping easier. This is huge. It's such a no-brainer. I'm sure if you have a small business, you know that You are just funneling money into so many things and saving money and maximizing efficiency is definitely a win. So, don't let the big guys keep all the good discounts to themselves. You can sign up for ShipStation using the promo code blonde, that's b l o n d e, for a free 60-day trial today at shipstation.com and start saving with every shipment. That's two whole months of discounted shipping absolutely free. Again, just go to shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in blonde. I was going to ask you about Army Hammer. This isn't really one that people asked me about. I think he's kind of been forgotten a little bit, which was probably the intention behind, you know, disappearing after that whole thing happened. But I I have heard like rumblings or seen things written that maybe he's, you know, trying to make a little bit of a comeback. What do you know of that situation, if anything?
1: Yeah, for sure. He's going to make a comeback. He's not that great of an actor though. So, (laughs) you know, he's always been, oh, this one will break and this one's going to be great. And they always just kind of bombed, right? He's had his chances. But I will say this, that the way that his people went about just trashing his main accuser for sure. And Mm -hmm. just over and over and just going after them super hard to just the point that it was just awful. And then... They finally get her to back down. And then he says, when she finally gives up, he goes, oh, I'm leaving rehab. I'm great. I'm going to go back down to the Caymans, you know, and I, that's just a guy who's just read too many of his own, you know, blurbs about himself and thinks that he's the greatest. But you would have seen this coming, you know, the blinds. I've had blinds for years long before the whole cannibal kind of stuff about mm-hmm. he and his wife going to to swingers clubs and things like that. So, it shouldn't have been too much of a shock that he took that a step further.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I heard second, or no, not secondhand, third hand. So, I don't know how, <laughs> how true this is, but I heard that they would go to these kind of like swinger things and sex clubs. I was talking to somebody actually specifically about Sanctum. I was very interested. I was like, what is Sanctum and how do you get an <laughs> invite? And I heard that he would you know, have sex or whatever with women there. And that was kind of what happened with this situation that it was consensual. And then whatever happened, like the, the main accuser developed feelings. Not, I'm not saying, because I don't know. And yeah. obviously I believe women, whatever, but the person that was telling me this was like, it got out of hand. It started off at least consensual and, and he isn't as bad as, they said he was that's what i was told but who
1: knows yeah. <clears throat> you know i think that let's say it was consensual or whatever but it, then they're just exploring like these things and these pathways which consensual adults or whatever you know go do your thing and i just gotta i i do think it's different than say you know harvey weinstein or <clears throat> something like that Les us because mm-hmm. when you but armies had the potential of getting there because Harvey Weinstein didn't start off his, you know, abhorrent behavior by, you know, jerking off into a flower pot. You know, it, <laughs> that was the culmination of everything after years of just, oh, I can do whatever I want to. Oh, I want to try this. I'm bored with that. And just, you know, becoming more and more just, I don't know, of a degenerate.
0: The mm-hmm. same with less
1: moon vets. You, you don't start off by just w- somebody walks in and says, hello, and you're grabbing their breasts. That, how do you get to that stage? It's this mm-hmm. long, long kind of process where, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, and just, oh, I'm sure that she's welcome. You know, she's going to welcome that because I'm less moon vets. Mm-hmm.
0: And Army wasn't
1: there yet, but he was going to get there.
0: Okay. The other big story, and I guess this is kind of like going into the PR relationship, part of the podcast that so many people were interested in is Kim and Kanye, Kim and Pete, the whole Kardashian machine. I don't even know where to start with that one, (laughs) but maybe like, maybe we can start with the Kim and Kanye stuff and and Kanye in particular.
1: Yeah. I just, this is a very relaxed conversation. And most of the time when I start talking about the Kardashians, I start to get really worked up and get angry. (laughs) I'm going to hold back on that, but, but, the the whole Kim and Kanye thing, it was going to be a disaster from from the beginning. And I'm not I'm not. Sh- it was obvious that okay, let's go back in time and we're going to get rid of Chris Humphreys because you know he's just a normal kind of person who makes a decent amount of money. He's going to invest some money real estate, but it's very boring. But here's a chance to be with Kanye, and Kanye. You know, Kanye's not 2006 Kanye anymore, right? 2005 Kanye. And I just, I think it was too much for, for Kanye to, to be involved in the whole Kardashian empire. I, I'm not saying that they pushed him over the edge. I think that there was a lot of that. I, mean, I think going back to our conversation earlier about certain people and it just it becomes their ego and, and they just, where they progressed with that. But throw that in with the whole pressure of of, with the Kardashians and, oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. And then we're going to have some kids and we're going to have more kids. Don't worry. You know, you don't have to get me pregnant or anything. We're just going to hire a surrogate and I'm going to flash them. And we're going to have to make sure that when we get their names, their names are going to be able to be trademarked. And so just don't worry about that. It's just all business. It just it's very Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there was maybe some love there at some point, but it seems like it was always more about the brand. And everything Mm -hmm. with the family seems like it's always about the brand. And I just, you know, you talk about physical transformations. I mean, go look at, go look at the picture of Khloe Kardashian from the first season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and then look at her now, and you're Mm -hmm. like, there's no way that these are the two of the same people. And then to to insult us by saying, well, well, yeah, I got a nose job, nothing else, Really? really, really. Oh, that's just all makeup, huh? You know, it's just, I just, I find that to be not fun. The whole wanting to trademark your name of the child before you can, you know, that's why Kylie hasn't said the name of her child because they want to trademark it first. And oh my God. You know, yeah. So, and they all got that from, from Beyonce and, you know, blue Ivy and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's just, I don't like that at all. And then if somebody has a trademark for whatever name, like blue Ivy, there was somebody who had a company named blue Ivy and a long time owned family owned. I want to say it was a, a cooking company or a catering company or something. And Beyonce and her lawyers just went in there and tried to destroy them. Why? Just so you can trademark your your name. And it's the same kind of thing that that always goes on. I just, just name your kid. Why do you have to exploit (laughs) them? Just just move on. Just name your kid. Enjoy, you know, let them enjoy their childhood. Just enjoy them growing up instead of, oh, how can I monetize this? Mm
0: -hmm. It's just, I don't know. So Chuck had dinner or he was at a dinner in like Monaco or something. And the Kardashians were there like right at the beginning of keeping up with the Kardashians before they were household names. I think it was just Chris and Kim. And he said, Kim was quiet, but that Chris was very smart and charismatic and all that. And they were having a conversation and he said, oh, so you're in reality TV. And they said, or Chris said, no, we're not in TV. We're in marketing. So she yeah. had this vision from the beginning, I think. She knew exactly uh, what she wanted to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why the sex tape, right? right. And, and this is, okay, this is one thing that I just got to mention. So I think it was the, the they're having this, this trial right now, right? Because Black China is, is suing them. Mm-hmm. And so they had the jury and they're, you know, they're questioning the jury about, you know, can you be impartial and stuff? And there's this guy who goes, well, I've never watched the show, but I've seen that sex tape a bunch of times. And, you know, I'm not sure I could be impartial. And everybody's, you know, comforting Kim like she was the victim of revenge porn. Mm-hmm. And when this guy is saying that, it just this her sex tape, her voluntary sex tape, the one that she was paid a considerable amount of money for and signed up and the mom knew and everybody knows. And she's just I, I, the whole family, all their money is because of that sex tape. Mm-hmm. The the reality show, everything, and people ignore. And I'm sure that actually the people that and I, I talked about it on a, on a TikTok or whatever. But you know Kim should be in jail because she stole a hundred thousand dollars from Brandy's mom. And it wasn't just Kim. I think two of the I think Courtney and Chloe also stole from her, but not as much. But basically, they charged hundred thousand dollars on her credit card, and part of the deal was. Okay, well, we have the sex tape and that's how Brandy's mom agreed to drop the charges and everything because she got paid back. She could have gone to the cops and and he would be in jail. And it's it's very hard because the Kardashians are very good at trying to scrub that thing off the Internet. But it's there and Mm -hmm. the news reports and stuff. But people, they don't want to talk about that part. Right. Or the like, oh, it's revenge born. This whole thing. Or also another thing is in the trial. And I, I actually am. Doing a podcast of my own talking about the trial, but I thought it was very interesting. Is that what's kind of not really said? You have to read between the lines. Is that the reason that Kris Jenner didn't do anything when she thought that Black China was being mean to, to Kylie or threatening her because Kylie was dating Tyga, who has a child with Black China, is because Kris didn't want to call attention to the fact that Kylie was like 16 when she started dating Tyga. And he was well above age. So how do you keep that from coming out? Well, you don't don't bring anything up. You don't try and focus attention on that relationship. And it is all about marketing. And the Pete and Kim, it's all about marketing.
0: Yeah, I want to get to that one in a second. But I have a question about how much control do do they actually have over PR? Like everything that comes out about them, TMZ and backgrid and how much control do they have over photos and articles and what's printed. And obviously they scrub everything from that. You can't find like real before pictures of any of them.
1: (laughs) No, you have to go and you have to look at the actual seasons and get stills from it. Mm -hmm. So as far as TMZ, I mean, Harvey's up Chris, Chris's butt so deep that he can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And I think that they have Harvey being Harvey Levin from TMZ. And that relationship goes back to the OJ trial. When Harvey was first starting out and working for Court TV or something, and and Chris was one of his leakers kind of thing. So they have this relationship that goes back decades. Then they have their own paparazzi person who used to work for Splash News. So everything is controlled. The things that aren't controlled and are <laughs> Chloe getting your picture taken by grandma <laughs> and And then grandma posting it. And then (laughs) can you imagine? I can just see the meetings. Grandma, what the hell? You know, and and just yelling at poor grandma for posting a photo of her granddaughter, you know? And she looked
0: fine. Like that's what was so crazy about that whole thing. And their response to it made the whole thing so much worse than it would have been. Like, I don't think anybody really would have been talking about it had they not reacted in the way that they did. And Um. that is something that's like, can you imagine living your life like no, that?
1: No. And and when they go to Disney, I mean, it, it, that's when you get some real shots of them, which is why they're so aggressive and trying not to let you get unfiltered shots of them there. And mm-hmm. then the whole, I think it was Chloe had you know photoshopped her kid into a the trip to Disneyland or something. And why? Why why do these things? Why just or one of the <laughs> Kim saying, Oh, I've never watched Saturday Night Live before I hosted it. Really? Because you were at the 40th anniversary show and you were at the show where your husband performed. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's just these very provable kind of lies. And it just, it gets so old. And talking about Chloe, she's tried to, she had a relationship with Trey Songs for a while and it kind of went by the wayside. But now since Tristan's gone and all that kind of stuff and all the lies we had to hear with that, then she's like, oh, I'm back together with Trey Songs. I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy who's been credibly, accused of sexual assault by a dozen women and this is this is the person that you want to be with after the disaster that was with Tristan it's just because it's all about fame and it's all about you know just thirst it just it's mm-hmm. never ending and and the th- problem is is they're creating an entire new generation of it
0: yeah yeah well i would imagine we were talking about addiction before we started <laughs> yeah. recording i would imagine That's an addiction in and of itself, especially when you've had it consistently for so long that if there's like any kind of deviation in the attention that you're getting, like if you are not being talked about all of a sudden, or your fear that you're not getting talked about, or you fear that you're going to be irrelevant, like you're just going to kind of, I don't know, like, like manically do these things to, to keep people talking about you.
1: Yeah, I just, I, and the fact that they are doing another generation of it, and also I have a theory which I've never really talked about at length or whatever, and I probably need to flesh it out some, but I'm pretty convinced that OnlyFans exists only because of the fact that Kim had a sex tape, and I think because how did she become famous? Sex Mm -hmm. tape, right? She got naked, she became famous. I, I think it's less so for Paris Hilton because it was too long ago, but I, I think that yeah. I think that Kim Kardashian. Oh, she did fine. We can get naked, and and this is great. And we, there's Instagram, and there's only so far we there's only so much we can get naked on Instagram. We need something further, you know. So, and OnlyFans was kind of the next step in that. And then you see somebody like you know Daniel Brigoli, you know, Catch Me Outside, Bad Barbie, saying, "I well, I've made fifty two million dollars in the last year off of OnlyFans," and you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, well, she did that. I can do that too." And, you know, she's famous and she gets naked. It's just kind of this, I don't know, this acceptance of it that mm-hmm. that's how you can become famous is by, you know, sex tapes and, and getting naked and everything. And mm-hmm. I think that that's just, that's the wrong way. It's it's, it's kind of like an MLSM scheme where, yeah, oh yeah. they made a lot of money. I can do it too. And not realizing that only like four people make money.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I don't personally know people with only well I probably do and I don't know it but I was talking to a friend of mine who knows a lot of girls on OnlyFans and he was like yeah they're not really (laughs) raking it in as much as they try but I feel like the day the the era of the sex tape is kind of over too. I mean I don't think anybody could really like release a sex tape now and get famous off it do you
1: not I feel like nobody has
0: the attention span.
1: No, you could make a lot of money off a of sex tape of your celebrity still, but I don't think that you could become famous. I mean, mm-hmm. if there was, say, a Kylie Jenner sex tape, I think that it would earn tens upon tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to become famous because of a sex tape any longer. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, I'm sorry to keep you on the Kardashian subject. I, I know you're okay. worked up, but I'm not. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Pete and Kim because that was the other big topic that people wanted to hear about?
1: I think that I call Pete and Kim the, the third couple because you have Travis and Courtney. You have Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. And then Kim goes, huh, I could do the same thing. So I'm going to get Pete Davidson. <laughs> and they are, if you think about it, the same kind of couple three times over. Now, I don't think that Unlike Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, I don't think everybody else is drinking each other's blood. But, you know, it's just, it started off as, hey, I got this Hulu show and stuff because all of a sudden they're just everywhere in your face. How often does Kim get her photo taken by a paparazzi? Just Mm -hmm. a random, not very often. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's kind of just placed in us and we're manipulated by it. Kind of like the way we're sometimes manipulated by people like Taylor Swift, who I really like. I'm just saying that the general public is easily manipulated by they see a photo and they go, Oh, well, there you go. They're they're together, they're a happy couple. And then mm-hmm. you have the tabloids who don't want to make any of the Kardashians mad because then they can get an interview or they can get invited to a premiere of the show and they can actually see them in person. So they're like, Oh, it's love, it's love. You know, mm-hmm. these are the same tabloids who had Jennifer Aniston pregnant 150 times. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. I, I rem, I'd like to remind people that back in the day, People Magazine used to actually write news articles, actual real news, because they started off in Time Magazine as a column. So it was actual real reporters writing news. And then at some point, it just became one big ad.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of these people, Kardashians included, but a lot of celebrities, if they don't want to be seen, there are measures that they can take to not be seen. And so even what looks like a paparazzi picture, like I remember when the Kardashians were in Palm Springs, when they were first quote unquote dating, and there were some pictures that were released of them getting out of a car and they're kind of grainy and they're holding hands. But I was like, if they didn't want to be photographed, they would not have been photographed. (laughs) So even though it looks authentic, like I, I just... I don't know. I've, my radar has always been up for that. Just like the general public doesn't realize that going to Giorgio Baldi is <laughs> you get your picture taken by the paparazzi. You know, everyone like, I don't know. I Whenever the, I see those, I'm like, oh, come on.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, no, okay, okay, to be fair, they will stand outside Craig's, right? They mm-hmm. will do that. But I, I've told somebody, I did this in my TikTok post that, you know, if there's a there's a a park, a Coldwater Canyon Park. And if you go there during the day, the paparazzi are there. There's generally five or six cars and they sit there because mm-hmm. there's Wi Fi, there's a bathroom, and there's food trucks. And they're like five minutes from from Rodeo or wherever they need to be. And they're just there waiting calls. Do you where do you need me to be? And I'll come. And the other trick you can always tell is if a celebrity is walking in the street rather than on a sidewalk. That's always a hundred percent of a tell. Because they do that so that there's no other people in the background that need to be blurred out or could get in the way or be. So if they're in the street, then it's a setup job 100% yeah. of the time. And you just have to assume that it's always a setup job. And even if you're talking about something famous like the Taylor Swift Jake Gyllenhaal picture, that's a setup. Taylor Swift and Harry Styles in Central Park, it's a setup. You know, it's, it could have, you know, they could have been a real couple, but the photo was, was staged. Anytime you get something like a photo of Taylor Swift where it's five feet away front on, do you really think that's possible with the 10 security guards who will keep you away? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, I, I think that people, they're just in cooperation with the tabloids. And I just, I always want people to, to open their eyes. And I wrote about it today in a blind. It was about Elizabeth Moss and, you know, she's in Handmaid's Tale. Which is this, you know, this, this horrible thing, yet she's in Scientology, which is a horrible thing mm-hmm. and forced abortions <laughs> and stuff. And nobody will ask her about it. Nobody will ask her one question about Scientology and how she, you know, how is it different than Handmaid's Tale or anything? Nobody will ask that question because they want access. They want to go to the premieres. And the other thing that they're afraid of is because next year or later this year, you know, Tom Cruise is going to have Mission Impossible 7. He's going to have Top Gun 2. Oh, we, we got to have Tom on our show because we love Tom Cruise. And so we can't make him mad. So that means we have to be nice to Elizabeth Moss. Nobody will ask her a question. Nobody mm-hmm. does that. And so then people think, oh, well, Elizabeth Moss must be the nicest person in the whole world. They don't ask any of that kind of stuff. They, they think, oh, Tom Cruise, he smiles. He jumps on Oprah's couch. He's such a happy guy. Oh, he must be so nice. He must be great to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Oh. What do you mean? He made his 15-year-old niece move to Indiana because she dared kiss a boy. And he didn't let her talk to her mom for a year. So, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's it. just sometimes you just people you need to, to realize that. And it's not a conspiracy or anything. It's just they're not telling the whole truth. They're not actively lying to you. Just sometimes they they're trying to sell an image. And it goes back to, like you said, marketing. Right. right? With the Kardashians every, every single actor or actress markets themselves. You're not getting paid for your acting. You're getting paid for your promotion skills.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a huge part of the job.
1: And I know, you know, Kaylee, so you should ask her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking about that when you were talking about it. I was like, Ooh, do I need to ask her for some tea here? (laughs) To your point though, I feel like with, some of these PR relationships or relationships that start out as PR, I mean, do you think that they ever kind of evolve into this place where it's like mutually beneficial and it's also a relationship?
1: Like as an actual, I mean, because you could look at something mm-hmm. like Barry Diller and Diane Vern Furstenberg, right? I mean, yeah. that's not a real relationship, but it is a real relationship. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's They're very happy being together and hanging out, but it's not real in the sense of, you know, And
0: sometimes I feel like that relationship was ideal.
1: (laughs) It kind of is, you know, and, and it keeps Barry from being, I mean, he's always cranky, but it it keeps him (laughs) from, from being maybe even more cranky Mm -hmm. and, you know, he can go do his things in South Florida and nobody really pays him any attention. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I I wrote about one of Diane's, I did a podcast about one of Diane's ex um, sister-in-laws, Ira, it was really good. Anyway, but going back, yeah, I think that you can tell that, that Kim and Pete have a certain affection for each other, right? I mean, I mean you do want you think to...
0: they're fucking? Oh,
1: that's a good question. <laughs> I think he probably said, you know what? I'll do what you want, but I'm uh, one time at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because you're probably not paying in the contract. All the... Yeah. But he's getting to fly around in private jets and stuff, something that he really can't afford on his mm-hmm. own. You know, he's not getting paid huge bucks at SNL, like private jet money. So yeah, I think, yeah, that was part of the deal. One time, one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another huge one, obviously, is Ben and JLo. When we're talking PR relationships, that one is top of mind. I mean, I just saw today, I think it was on like Just Jared or something on Instagram. God, you're was... not reading
1: Just Jared. No, this no, I more... know.
0: Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not... Okay. It... <laughs> I just look at the pictures sometimes. But yes, you can get into just Jared and tell people why. But I see like these photos of Ben and J-Lo every day, like house hunting and making out outside of his gate at his house. And he always looks a little bit irritated. And I don't know.
1: He looks less irritated than he did when Anna D'Armus was doing the same thing to him.
0: Yes. J-Lo. I mean,
1: that was... That was a joy <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic when we're all locked inside and we get to watch Ben and Anna walking her dog. And um, and that was a total setup because she lives in Santa Monica or something like that. And I was we, trying to
0: figure it out. I was like, is this my neighborhood? I thought it was the Palisades for a second, but.
1: Yeah. It, bringing her dog over to his house and then walking yes. it, you know, so we can take the pictures. Okay. So Jennifer and Ben. Okay. This is how we need to say this. Is it a PR relationship? It is a PR relationship in the sense that they want to publicize the hell out of it. Are they really in love? Yeah. Were they hooking up during all of their various relationships over the years? Yeah. And I think that they were kind of meant for each other. It's fine. She can look at that back tattoo for the rest of her time. And, but yeah, but she is thirsty. And says, okay, we're going to document everything. We're going to take pictures and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, whatever. You know, it's a couple of photos, but you can see the kind of irritated look on his face. But the problem is, is that unless you are probably your age or older, nobody cares about Jennifer Lopez. Gen Z doesn't care. How do they know Jennifer Lopez? From what? Mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck from marry me yeah so marry me which is, <laughs> is so horrible that Owen Wilson wanted you want me to go and do some press for this no thank you so yeah so marry me you know some kind of thing that's available on Peacock
0: I almost watched that last week that's how desperate I was for entertainment
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what do people what do what do Gen Zers know Ben Affleck from you know there's no movies I mean he's obviously still makes movies but it's just not in their wheelhouse. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, if she had started hooking up with, you know, Timothy Chalamet or something like that, then, oh my gosh, everybody would be going, like, oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. then, because <laughs> Olivia Wilde did the right thing. Oh, I'm going to find some general Zer to, to to pretend I'm hooking up with. And, you know, let me get Harry Styles. Now, <laughs> so she played that right. but So that's pretend. No, I mean, if you ask Dumois, well, she'll say that it's real and she and I argue about this. And I, I, I'll say it's, 75, 25, that, it, but she'll go, it's 100% real. I just, She's been I,
0: saying that they're engaged.
1: They, okay. Here's my thing about being engaged. Can we, I mean, I don't know if you, but Olivia Wilde is very thirsty. And if they did get engaged, don't you think that this last Friday, because it, we kind of found out some engagement news after the first Friday, Coachella, right? But then we have the second weekend, the second Friday, that there would be pictures of her with a big old engagement ring that she would make sure everybody saw. And we didn't see those. And that's kind of been my whole thing. And do you see Harry Styles getting married? No. I see Olivia Wilde wanting to be married, but I don't see Mm -hmm. Harry Styles wanting to be married. And I don't see him as a married individual. I just... I, 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 you know, he's always been attracted to older women. Like
0: twenty six.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been attracted to older women. I mean, even to the point where he was with some British presenter or something when he was sixteen or seventeen, and she was much older. He's always had, you know, an attraction to older women. But I just, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around an engagement.
0: Mm Hmm.
1: I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: (laughs) My thoughts on Harry and Olivia. I don't have many thoughts on them in particular. I have read various places that she is very thirsty. Yeah. So I, I had my suspicions, but then I read Dumois and I'm like, Oh, well maybe it is legit. I don't know how much of, I know that you and Dumois are friends. I don't know if you're friends like you and I are friends, but
1: not, not, not friends like that. Not (laughs) Not like friends, not like you and I are now.
0: Okay, good. How much of what is on Dumois do you think is legitimate?
1: I think a great deal of it. I really do. What they, some, I'll tell you, there was one that one of my sources sent me something It was Dumois, right? But it was a blind from Dumois. And, and my source goes, Oh, it's this person and this person and this person. And they were pretty obscure people. And the, but there was maybe one tiny clue. Nobody, I don't think, even on Dumois, i guessed it or whatever, but this because it involves some comedians, and this guy is somebody who gives me a bunch of stand-up comic and and stuff like that. So I I, I knew that they knew who it was. And so I made a blind and then revealed it. But it was kind of based off of the Dumois one. There's there's a lot. I mean, I think people send her things that that try and get her to to print something that's not true. The same kind of thing happens to, to me. And but I think a lot of it's legit. She just has so many followers, and crowdsourced gossip is definitely kind of the the way to go. If you think about, you know, New York and publicity and advertising people and just being in, you know, going out to clubs and stuff and everything. Oh, I saw somebody doing this. I saw somebody, or I know somebody works at Saturday Night Live. I know somebody works on. You know, it just. I mean, that's how blinds come to be. It, think about how many people work on one of Chuck's shows, right? Mm-hmm. And all those people, they know something. They might not know everything, but they could see something and then they'll, they'll send something over. So it doesn't, I think that people think, oh, to, to get some kind of inside scoop on somebody, they need to have seen them at a club or something. No, they could just work for a company. They could work for a sponsorship company. They could, you know, it's all kinds of different ways. So I think crowdsourced gossip and Dumois is a lot of it's legit. Now, is it like, crazy kind of stuff? No, not so much. You know, it's, it's more of just kind of little blurbs, kind of more like my 14 or 15, not my big blind of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's never really that kind of thing. And I think that she gets frustrated too with how much attention is focused. Oh, is there going to be a new Harry Styles release? Is there going to be a new Taylor Swift song released and stuff? And I don't get, I don't care about any of that. So yeah. I, I don't write about it because I just don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll leave that to the trades.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this next question, because you do get a lot of big blinds. And I mean, like you were talking about Harvey Weinstein before you were pu- you were publishing blinds about him for years before all of that came out. Yeah. Is Hollywood This is kind of like a, a general question, but. Does it have as dark of an aspect to it as people say it does or think it does?
1: You came out here when? Like, how old were you?
0: Let's see. About 10 or 11 years ago.
1: Okay. So if you think about it, here's the dark part of Hollywood. And so you would have been 25 or 26. So if you you go to a club, let's say, I mean... How many guys say that the producers and how many guys, you know, agents love to use their business card to get into clubs and stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: there's just a lot of manipulation. And I think that that's one kind of dark side, but it's not super dark. It's just a bunch of people pretending that they're, you know, somebody else and then trying to, you know, have sex or whatever. That's one thing. But then there's other things that make it a little bit darker. You have somebody who comes let's say from um, out of state comes here like you did. And I think that you were still, you know, battling drug addiction and stuff like that. You could have had a very different turn in your life if you weren't the kind of person that you were. And then you get in, you know, it's very easy to go down a slippery slope and then people are taking advantage of you and doing other things. Then there's also the people that come to town and, you know, with stars and rise and they go live at Oakwood Right. (laughs) They go live at Oakwood, which are these temporary apartments. And it's right next to Warner Brothers and it's in Burbank. And how many people, you know, go live there and all the things that happen there, it can be a very dark and disturbing place. And it just, I mean, Corey Haim, that's basically why his life went to hell, is because of the fact that his mom, who enjoyed having all the money. Said, oh yeah, you go do you or whatever. And he's like 16 years old going over to Oakwood and hanging out there all night. And the, you know, there's only gonna be bad things that happen. So I think that Hollywood has a lot of dark, dark things. And I also think it's because everybody's trying to sell themselves. Just I'm gotta, you know, I gotta play this game. I gotta sell them, you know, sell myself and I need to look my best. I need to do this. Oh, I guess I do need to to sleep with him. There was one of the I appreciate when people are honest about stuff and I'm going to forget she's on euphoria. And she just admitted the other day, she goes, look, you know, I supported myself with a sugar daddy until I, you know, made it until I got some decent roles. And I was like, good for, for you for, for saying that. I think it was Cherry who said that. And, and there's a lot of that, but a lot of people don't talk about it and they don't like to admit it. And Mm I, I, you know, it, it's just they like to pretend that, oh, no, I, I managed to, to pay for this $5,000 a month apartment based on a commercial I did eight months ago that, you know, it's just all lies. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of Hollywood is a lot of lies. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of selling yourself. And I know uh, there's so many times one of my fr- friends who has a big substance abuse problem, long time, and they're famous. To some extent, they're kind of past their peak a little bit, but certainly was a minus list at their peak. And just because of the, they did movies rather than TV. So there's a lot of off time in between the movies and they would just sit inside and just get drunk, get wasted and just never leave their house and then would have these dark thoughts and stuff. And you have all this time where you just you have money and you either go out or sometimes it's just. Hollywood has these dark aspects, but there's also, I don't know. I love, (laughs) I love living in Hollywood. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's something to it that I really, really like. Now there's times that I said, okay, you know, I need to, to, to move out to the suburbs or something like that because maybe it's too much, you know? So I've, I've gone back and forth on those things.
0: Mm -hmm. Where in Hollywood, where do you live?
1: (laughs) I, I will tell you off air. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Let me go through my questions and see if there's anything that I missed. But I know that people are going to want me to ask you. So, you know, people aren't drinking blood. There's no Illuminati.
1: Well, I will say this. There, right? there is no Illuminati. And uh, the, Megan Fox did admit to drinking blood of Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> during rituals. But here's my thing about Illuminati. There is no Illuminati, but it's marketing. Mm-hmm. They want you to think that they're an yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> we will throw up some symbols that look like Illuminati symbols in our music videos or whatever to get you I want to be in the Illuminati. Right. So I just, you're, you're correct. There's not the Illuminati, but that doesn't stop them from trying to make you think that they're in the Illuminati.
0: I think the, the blood drinking, adrenochrome, whatever that conspiracy is, is the funniest because I'm like, no, it's, it's, LA, Beverly Hills, where again, something we were talking about before we started recording the, some of the best plastic surgeons in the world, or at least access to more plastic surgeons than probably anywhere, except maybe like Korea and everybody and their, their mother is getting surgery all the time. It's not, you don't have to drink blood for that.
1: No, no, (laughs) you don't. It's,
0: It's like the most obvious answer is the answer. This might be like too much of a tangent, but celebrity yachting. What can yeah. you tell everyone about that?
1: I mean, I think it goes back to, to I think it was Jerry said about being a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. And there are, it is expensive to live in Los Angeles, extremely expensive. And even if you have a couple of roommates or whatever, there's headshots. You're, you have to travel all over. So you have to have a car. That's the, the only way it's going to work. It's just very expensive to even try and make it as an actor or actress. You can go work and you, know, you can you know, make some money as a waiter or a waitress or whatever, but you're always going to auditions or whatever, or you have to, whatever you need to do. And so you don't work as much as you want. And so at the end of the month, you know, this rent's coming due or you, know, you have a car payment or whatever. And there is a lot of that that goes on. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, hey, if you that's the way you want to, to live your life and you're doing it until you make it, great. And then there's, you know, a whole different kind of look. And you can go back to, she's not the original, but I call her the original yachter, is Grace Kelly. You know, mm-hmm. this was basically an arranged marriage. Did she love Prince Rainier? I, probably you know, to some extent, but she had relationships outside of him. And she did it because, hey, I'm going to become the queen of Monaco. Right. And that is just kind of the ultimate. And there are, you know, dozens and dozens of of others that have gone that way. It is completely different than, say, a yachter in the sense that, you know, the Eastern European women that are hired to man the yachts, you know, off the coast of Cannes in the summertime, right? That's a totally different kind of thing. They're just there basically straight up sex and then hopefully they're hoping to to find a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it works out and sometimes you end up with Muhammad Hadid and you don't ever quite get the ring, you know? So mm-hmm. so <laughs> yes, she was a yachter, but hopefully she got a big payout. It's that kind of thing. But just... But there just, are,
0: I mean, there are big celebrities who still do it, right, for the cash or whatever, for
1: the cash and for the cachet, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 be with somebody. And yeah, it happens all the time. I, I mean, there's, I would say that at one point in time, if you think about people like on Deal or No Deal, like the suitcase women, mm-hmm. they're. There were a great number of those that were supplementing their income, especially the way it works is, oh, you're on TV. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'd love to be with, you know, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. The, these guys in Dubai, if you ever see somebody on Instagram, some woman on Instagram, and she's in first class on Emirates, <laughs> I mean, that's like a $50,000 seat. And she's trying to convince you that she's doing because she's selling so much waist trainer tea on Instagram, right? <laughs> that's how she can afford it. And that's not true. You know, she's going over there. But the thing is, is that you can make more money if you're some, it's kind of shifted away from the US as much because British reality stars, the ones in Love Island and Temptation Island, or the ones do the Spanish version of Temptation Island and Love Island and stuff. They're the ones who are really, really popular. So popular, in fact, that most of them have just moved to Dubai full time rather than commuting back and forth because they're such in demand, you know? And Why
0: are they such in demand?
1: Because the fact is that they're just seen on TV all the time, seen on TV and seen on TV. And Mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh, I got to be with this one. I got to be with her. I got to be with her. And Mm -hmm. so British reality stars have kind of just overwhelmed. And I, I don't see as much as many coming from America anymore. And maybe it had something to do with the pandemic and it was easier for, for people in Europe to to get there. But definitely over the last couple of years, it just completely shifted from, you know, U.S. reality stars and B-plus listers and stuff like that to just, just a flood of, of European reality stars.
0: Mm-hmm. But to kind of close it out, that's how... Julia Fox and Kanye were connected, right? And you have a TikTok on
1: that. Yeah, I mean, it was an audition. (laughs) And the crazy thing is, she said that she didn't get it. And then a day later, she did. Because look how this all worked. Christmas Eve, she's at her house and she's complaining about her deadbeat husband who's a drug addict or something and leaving her home alone with the baby. And, you know, this... And then where is she? New Year's Eve in Florida, auditioning for Kanye. Mm -hmm. And... I, she said that she didn't get it. And then, then I think the next day she, she ended up getting it. But it was an audition. And I, I called in an audition be- before you know it ever became public. That's what it was. It was a meeting with Kanye to see if they could hit it off. And she got an extra 15 minutes out of this thing, right? She, and I'm really upset at her for not taking advantage of it more. She, just, she didn't sign any deals. When the when the whole world was talking about her and uncut gems and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> she didn't sign any deals. Wow. She just went and did more photos and stuff. I mean, maybe Balenciaga gave her some money for because that was basically Kanye and Julie Fox was a Balenciaga Balenciaga ad, right? Mm-hmm. A two-week long Balenciaga ad. So maybe she got some money from them, but she probably just got free clothes. There was the time that she got the Birkin and all her friends were in there. Their Birkins are all fake, only hers is real. <laughs> No way. Yeah.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Because they didn't want to spend the money. They're not going to spend the money like that. Hers is yeah. real. Nobody, okay. you know. But I'm really upset wow. at her for not for not getting a reality show or just something. Maybe she, she was need, holding out for too much. She needed Kris Jenner on her side. Something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I know you have to run. I have so many more questions for you, but maybe we can do it again sometime.
1: I'm always available for you.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Enti. Where can everybody find you, by the way?
1: At Enti Lawyer on all social media. Although I don't really do Instagram. I mean, I'm on there, but and then crazydaysandnights.net and then patreon.com/slash Enti Lawyer.
0: Amazing. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.